Well, we're into this new era with a new government and this week we heard the commercial television industry acknowledge this too. It came out punching in what it says is a changing world but those claims that it's on the ropes, almost terminal, that young people don't watch anymore, that the big streamers are gobbling everything up, well, they're quite misguided, according to James Warburton, Seven West Media's chief executive. At a Cedar lunch in Sydney, he made out a strong case for the health, vigour and cultural contribution of commercial television, though he said it had neglected to tell its own story well. More that it was simply not measuring itself properly to take account of the huge changes in the way you and I consume our electronic media. I'll let him explain. Welcome to Saturday Extra. Oh, thanks, Geraldine. Uh, good, good to be with you. What do you say, uh, James, is the general impression or commentary that is wrong about the state of commercial media? What's, what's essentially the matter with it? Uh, look, you know, I think, uh, Geraldine, it's always been, you know, there's always been naysayers that have always, you know, talked about the fact that the industry was struggling or losing eyeballs or, you know, or in fact a dying industry. And, you know, essentially, you know, what we're experiencing is, you know, quite dramatic changes in terms of the way that people are viewing things. So, you know, screen time is booming uh, and the way in which people consume and watch their television is completely different. Uh, you know, to what it's been in the past. You know, so it's digital, it's mobile. Um, you know, younger generations watch on computers. Uh, they watch, you know, sort of in different ways. And so, you know, really what we're seeing is, you know, all of the... Uh, you know, the ecosystem of what we call total television, you know, which is effectively a video ecosystem of all those, uh, you know, various, um, you know, areas, aggregating up to some, you know, incredibly uh, staggering numbers. And we're all, you know, sort of taking part in getting into these growth areas and growth fields. And so when you put it together and you measure it properly, uh, you know, television is incredibly effective and, um, and is growing. Now, clearly you want advertisers to get this message because one assumes that, in fact, the advertisers are getting really worried about this story, that less people are watching. Well, I think ultimately advertisers are moving to, you know, particularly the combination of, you know, what is the television set on the wall, you know, which is a, a only part but a very important part of um, our overall, you know, sort of reach and uh, audience. But they're also moving to our um, what we call BVOD, uh, broadcast video on demand services such as 7 Plus. And when you put those two things in combination, uh, you know, they more than offset those changes in viewing patterns. So 76% of people who watch 7 Plus, you know, or iView or SBS On Demand and those types of services are under 50 and so they don't, you know, make an appointment, you know, like the old days where you sit with a remote control and you change channels. They literally use us as a streaming service. And so 7 Plus, as an example, has 12.5 million verified registered users, which is about the size of Facebook in its absolute heyday. So it's an extraordinarily big, bold media. You put and overlay data against it and allow clients to, you know, have addressable advertising. And then you put that with the size and scale of broadcast, which is still absolutely huge. And you have a completely different proposition in how to target. And I think importantly, when you look at all video consumed in seven days in the home, so whether people are watching television live, whether they're recording it and time shifting it, whether they're watching it on, you know, a delayed VOD um, internet-based service, 77% of all viewing in the home is actually free-to-air channels. So it's still pretty massive in terms of the legacy media. So why aren't we getting better better measurements? Why don't we know these uh, facts more? 
Oh, look, you know, I think it just goes back to the fact that, you know, we've, we haven't told our story well, you know, so we've been complacent. For 22 years, we've had absolute world's best practice, but we've only been measuring the television on the wall. So what we need to do is we need to now, you know, include digital, uh, which is obviously our BVOD services, and we need to, you know, look at the more comprehensive level of measurement, you know. So again, if I take um, today's ratings and, you know, there'll be an overnight figure on Big Brother, if I look at last week's ratings... Big Brother increased 62% in people, 25, 54. There was 5 million minutes streamed, you know, of that show. And so it just means people are viewing, you know, what we call total television very, very differently. So the industry is moving into calendar year 2023 and we will actually have a new uh, measurement system, which is called Virtual Oz Australia or VOZ, which takes effectively a deduplicated viewer and, you know, sort of puts a more uh, relative uh, measurement on the table. But the thing we really need to do and really need to move towards is, as they have in the UK and the US, is to move towards a three-day and seven-day um, you know, sort of number and actually really focus on those numbers rather than just the lowest possible number which comes out uh, you know, the day after. The industry trades on 28 days. So you know, clients post-analyze when they buy uh, their spot. Uh, for all time shift, et cetera. So, you know, it is, it's a much more relative measure and we have, to, um, we have to tell our story better. I think you're doing a pilot, aren't you? Isn't Seven going to do a pilot about um, this 28-day uh, process you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, we've, you know, we consistently put out uh, those numbers. But, you know, again, uh, you know, I go back to the point that we as an industry have consistently trumpeted our successes or, uh, you know, big numbers and we've put things out every single day. And so we need to, you know, change that dialogue. And, uh, you know, I think we probably need to take overnights away for perhaps a month, you know, or something like that. So everyone gets used to looking at a three-day, seven-day, you know, sort of number. And, you know, we need to get the journalists used to it. So as I said, it's, you know, it's, it's our issue. Um, I'm not. Is this game, Prime Minister? If you know what I mean, is that quite a risk to do that? I mean, because it will be a big change in attitude. Yeah, absolutely. But you're not moving away from putting ratings out. You're just putting a rating out that is seven days later. And I think once the market moves to it, I mean, in the US and UK, they haven't removed overnights. What they've done is they've changed the conversation. So no one is, you know, writing up the overnight number as the, you know, this is what happened last night and here are the winners and losers. They're still observing them, you know, and it's obviously important for networks and, you know, for media buyers and, uh, you know, clients to actually know what the relativities are. But they're having a much more sensible conversation, uh, you know, about a more realistic view on what is happening with viewing, you know, versus just looking at how things change over time. Look, you also talked about uh, regulation needing to evolve and you had these five parts that you thought it ought to be and obviously you're speaking to a new government too. It has to be that it must reflect free, local, trusted, competent, I think it is, competitive, pardon me, competitive and found. Now, this, this issue of being able to be found uh, on the new platforms, which really exercised you, what's the problem there? Uh, look, you know, again, you know, we have a lot of obligations under our licence, you know, around 55%, um, you know, Australian content. Uh, you know, we obviously pay uh, for our spectrum. So we pay, you know, over and above what we would normally pay in tax. We actually pay for the right to actually have channels, et cetera. And what we're finding with connected TVs, which are now 56% of the market and growing at a staggering rate, is when you hang them on the wall, 
it's not the old days where you turn on the television, tune in your channels, you know, and flick around on the remote control. These days you've got, you know, essentially um, it's a computer on the wall. It's quite a nightmare to set up when you get a new connected TV. And often it's very <laughs> yeah, and and often it's very, very hard to find um you know, free-to-air channels or even, you know, sort of the BVOD services. And so, you know, do we want our generations, I mean, it's a cultural, um, you know, sort of agenda as well. Do, you know, do we want to grow up with our kids watching, you know, Netflix and watching Amazon Prime and, you know, streaming services? They're never going to cut to breaking news. They're never going to have local content, you know, in regional markets or anywhere else. So what will happen even on a remote... Con- maybe they maybe they will. Do you think that that could... You know, they might evolve too. Just, I don't want to get sort of stuck on this, but I suppose it's possible they might. Look, it's possible. I just don't think that's the model. That's not the model for them. Their model is to is to go direct to the consumer and to go global. Um, you know, it's not it's not what they're about. It's too comp- it's too complex for them. I mean, they're spending $100 billion a year, the streamers, and none of them are making money. So I think we'll see, you know, quite serious rationalisation. But I go back to my point, on your remote control these days, you'll have a Netflix button or when you turn your television on down the bottom on the ribbon, we call it the ribbon down the bottom, you'll have, it's nicely ordered for you and you go, oh, there's Netflix and there's Amazon Prime. So what's happening is these global giants, you know, are going to Samsung and going to the gatekeepers and saying, hey, you know, we'll give you, you know, 500 million US to be on your televisions in position one to make sure we get, you know, sort of into the market. So what the government, um, uh, and they made a commitment before the election, uh, what we're seeing running in the UK as an example is what we call prominence. And what we're saying is that, you know, the free two airs, you know, SBS, ABC, 7, 9 and 10, need to be found. And so, you know, we're looking to legislate the fact that when you turn on these giant computers on the wall, that you will actually have the tiles come up so that, you know, the consumers can see their local, you know, content and their local their, their, their local market there. And, you know, that's an important part for us. I mean, the other part of the whole gatekeeper side is that the operators in the middle, so the system operators, whether it's Android or Google or whomever, they order the content. Um, you know, so it's it's not about, you know, if you're doing a search, they'll order it in a way which advantages them. So, you know, that's that's not right. So just develop that a little bit more. So if I'm looking for a program sort of thing, you mean, if I if I decided to search something that I've heard about, um, that's, yep. you, you say, that's, again, you, you come across as a consumer, a gatekeeper, you may not even know exists there. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, on a Samsung television, you have to go in through your Samsung account and that puts you to the Android operating system. And so as, as an example, during the Tokyo Olympics, if you went in on a Samsung television and searched Tokyo Olympics, mm. the first five or six stories that came up um, had no relativity at all to seven. Whereas if you actually wanted to watch the Olympics, it was exclusive on seven, you know, full stop. So it would send you off, you know, which is this you know, issue around, you know, algorithms and, mm. um, you know, how the gatekeepers are taking control. So, you know, that is, you know, you, you would like to think that there was a world, you know, free of misinformation and the ability for people to search and to go to direct content sources. And this is what the, you know, the digital giants are doing, you know, they're controlling the agenda. And so, you know, what we saw with the uh, media bargaining code, whereas there is an imbalance of power, and, you know, the government and the ACCC in particular did some, you know, fantastic work. And this prominence piece is the next step to make sure that, you know, live local and cultural issues 
uh, are available for free and can be easily discovered. And you say that in a way the media is just a canary in the coal mine here, that this is part of a big, big change sort of globally to business and commerce and exchange. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, the, you know, the digital um, services inquiry um, is looking at that at the moment. So if you think about it, digital platforms are now pretty deep in all the business models of, of anything in Australia and essential to running a business. So, you know, with all that power and all the tentacles, I think this is a really important point. So, you know, the digital platform services inquiry actually looks at electronic marketplaces. So whether it's finance or whether it's you know, entertainment or travel or whatever it may be. And so it's a similar similar piece to look at where control is. You know, so if Meta can take every single government service, um, you know, and charity off their platform or run fake ads with David Koch you know, as the face for financial services, these, these are things that, you know, I think uh, do consumers know um, and viewers know that, you know, they are being served things in a certain order versus um, getting the right information or getting a, a neutral uh, level of information. So, you know, these are really important things for the, uh, I think, for all industries. And, you know, obviously the, the ACCC is doing some fantastic work in that area. Yeah, look, finally, I mean, obviously, this is all part of your argument that there's a lot left in the legacy media, free-to-air legacy media, a lot of life left there. What about, again, what, in effect, you're asking of of a, of a new government with, say, the anti-siphoning laws? Because you made the point at your speech that sport is the lifeblood, really, in so many ways. Um, and at the moment, the anti-siphoning laws prevent the big sports moving, but is that... Is that safe in your view? Do you think there should be more regulation around anti-siphoning? I just think it's updating the policy. So if you look at the anti-siphoning policy, which uh, from memory was 1992, it really was contemplating pay TV. Now we have global streamers. We're seeing sports, you know, go to Optus or, um, you know, Stan Sport or, um, you know, sort of other Amazon Prime, et cetera. And so basically the loophole is that, um, yes, free-to-air is protected from pay TV and every Australian's right. Yeah, but but not streamers. It's it's harder for a company, you know, an Australian publicly listed company like Seven to compete against, you know, an Amazon or a Paramount Plus on a global scale. They can just swoop in, they can do a deal and they can sweep it, you know, sort of behind the paywall and, you know, 10 could just off, you know, could license it as an example to Paramount and, and just sort of sweep it out of, you know, out of reach, um, you know, from all Australians. And, with the ashes, you were making the point, what happened well, in England with the ashes? Is, yeah, exactly right. And, you know, now now got all sorts of issues in terms of participation, you know, sort of et cetera. So, um, you know, again, we had very strong statement, um, you know, from the Labor Party before the election, you know, around strengthening the anti-siphoning to include uh, streaming giants, and we think that's important. One and a half billion dollars is what the television industry spends on Australian sports rights, as a as an approximate estimate. So when you think about the competition's grassroots, and that about seventy five to eighty percent of the audience of all of those codes is actually free to air, you know, in remote communities, um, you know, regional communities, you know, getting the kids off the gaming consoles and getting them to watch their heroes and be inspired by the Olympics. You know, and those types of things is crucially important. We think to not, you know, we're obviously talking our, our cause a bit here, but we also think it's a cultural issue. The fact that Australians grow up watching the Australian stories, you know, watching quality journalism, watching local news services, 
if we can get this this regulation through, then it will mean that we'll continue to invest heavily in Australian content and obviously local sport and local news. I just must ask you before I let you go, where do the public broadcasters fit into this sort of thinking, by the way? Oh, look, you know, I think the public broadcasters are completely aligned, you know, with uh, with both prominence and, and anti-siphoning. I mean, obviously, you know, probably less of an issue uh, for public broadcasters, but absolutely aligned in terms of the cultural issue. The kids of today are watching television on their computers and we need to be pulling them back to, you know, new services and sport and to, the, you know, the cultural programs like Home and Away, you know, which tackle, you know, sort of many of the, you know, cultural issues that we've seen, you know, over the last few decades. Look, thank you very much indeed for joining us. It was interesting to hear that perspective. Thank you for having me. James, James Warburton, Seven West Media's Chief Executive, and one of our uh, texters, Tony from Coburg, says the user interfaces and profile data of the FTAs, free-to-airs, need to be as good as those on Netflix, etc., and they are not. I'm sure James is listening. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.